Welcome to Transformational Pathways, a podcast created by Toastmasters District 46 in the greater New York area, where we share conversations from influencers within the Toastmasters community and people whose lives have positively transformed by walking down the Toastmasters path. Whether you're just getting started in your career, have had recent career changes, or you're navigating different languages, we're here to help you build confidence by discovering new tools, overcoming your fears to find your voice, and engaging in a thriving community. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, and welcome to District 46 podcast episode. Today we have with us a special guest, Kimberly Tanksley. Hi, Kimberly. Welcome to the show. Hi, Anu. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Kimberly, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. My name is Kimberly, and um, I have uh, been in New York City for over 15 years now. I originally grew up in in Texas. Um, I like to run. Uh, I have a dog. I walk every day. I'm into mindfulness, meditation, um, and I'm into sports. Um, I'm also in the I, my day job is in the corporate world right now. So that's a little bit about me. Interesting. You mentioned so many different activities that you are involved in. Um, and I know that you're a part of Toastmasters. And obviously, this podcast is primarily around public speaking and the power of using the Toastmasters uh, network and expertise. Can you tell us a little bit more about your journey as a Toastmaster? Sure. So I joined Toastmasters, I don't want to age myself, but well over 25 years ago. Uh, I think it was either during college or after college. And uh, I took a speech class during college. Um, And just to back up, I think in grade school, I I didn't feel comfortable speaking up. And I think maybe that's a part of the, the paradigm in school is that you sit and you listen. So I was already conditioned to to sit and listen and not really speak up. <laughs> I was always intimidated to do that. And so in college, I feel like it was a whole different mindset where they actually do want you to speak up. And so I had to learn, you know, how do you do that, you know, so that you don't embarrass yourself in front of your classmates. And so I thought um, I found Toastmasters somehow before the, the digital age. I somehow found it. And I, I joined a couple meetings. You know, I would get all the, the nerves associated with speaking, but I thought this is going to force me to, to practice my public speaking skills and give me confidence. Um, and then in between, I've done panels and um, other public speaking engagements um, that I think I just had to power through myself. So uh, three years ago, I wanted to be a little bit more aggressive with my comfort, uh, being comfortable in speaking. And this is not just public speaking, but also speaking with a group of friends, just, you know, in any different scenario, just to be comfortable with me, how I speak. And so um, in order to be more on task with, you know, where I want to be, I thought I need to find that Toastmasters again and (laughs) get back into it because... I feel like that would be more, that would be some kind of curriculum where I hold myself accountable to uh, ensure that I'm trying to reach my goal because it's not, even though I, I, I can read so much, I can watch public speakers, which is a part of it, but to become a good speaker, it's not just going to fall on your lap. Mm-hmm. You have to practice it with, just like with anything, you know, basketball, you can watch it all day, but you have to get on the court and you have to practice shooting 
you have to practice with another opponent. I mean, it goes the same with speaking too. You just, you have to practice. And so um, I joined three years ago and I raised my hand to become an officer because that was a big part of holding myself accountable. I felt like if I didn't become an officer, I may still be, I may not join the meetings, you know, as sad as that is. So I was, I told myself, I'm very serious about this and I'm going to be an officer, which means I'm going to have to join every call. I'm going to have to drive the calls and, and drive the program. And that's where I'm at today. And I do feel a lot more comfortable speaking on calls right now because it's a virtual world. Uh, not a lot of opportunity to speak in person. Um, but I feel a lot more comfortable uh, even on the calls that I'm on, the Toastmasters calls. I just feel like it's oh, anytime I have a presentation or something I have to, to practice speaking on, I always do it in front of this group because they're going to give me honest feedback and at the same time they're going to support me. And and um, I feel like be non-judgmental about <laughs> me practicing. It's kind of like a safe space. So that's kind of been my journey. Wow, that's so interesting, Kimberly. I mean, uh, look at you. You've been with Toastmasters over 20 odd years and you've uh, you know, sought out Toastmasters every time you had a challenge, right? Whether it was at college or at work or even speaking virtually, which I think a lot of people today are also trying to uh, work with, being comfortable on the camera. And that's really interesting. And you are uh, dead on right when you say it's a safe space to practice your speaking skills. That's what Toastmasters is all about providing you a safe space with like-minded individuals where you can come and practice your skills. And like you mentioned, you cannot just acquire this. You have to work on public speaking and listening skills. And the beauty of Toastmasters is you can work on communications and if you choose, become an officer and gain some leadership skills as well at the same time. And that's definitely helpful in a corporate environment. That's definitely helpful if you're in college. How has that helped you in more personal uh, situations? In my personal life, um, I'm a little bit of an introvert. I would say I'm an extroverted introvert. I love to be around people. I can pull it off being around people. Mm -hmm. I can bring energy. But to refill my cup, I have to go sit in a chair and just, <laughs> you know, unwind. So my personal life, I, I started to feel like I became intimidated by group situations, which, I mean, I've always loved it before. So I didn't know where it was coming from. And um, I've noticed now, you know, it's, it's hard to measure how far you've come when it comes to speaking, but I noticed that I'm more engaged with people, whether it's one-to-one -one or talking to other people. Um, like you say, it's, you also work on your listening skills by doing all of this. And so I find myself really listening and not getting into my head about what should I say next? Um, how do I sound? Uh, if I'm able to speak in a Toastmasters call with 20 people, that really does boost my confidence a little bit because I, I really need it. And so that helps when I'm speaking one-on-one -on -one with somebody um, to to uh, kind of gather the evidence that I can talk. <laughs> you know, I can talk and I can talk okay and um, concentrate on listening to the other person so that you're in the conversation and you're not thinking of all the external things that they're not thinking about. They're just trying to communicate to you and talk to you and connect with you. And so I feel like it's really helped me to just concentrate, be in the present and listen to the other person so that when I talk, I'm actually coming back with a response and, and not getting into my head about how I look, how I sound, et cetera. Mm -hmm. 
I can so relate to this because I feel like I'm an ambivert. I like being around people, but then I need my own space. And like you, sometimes I feel intimidated if I walk into a room full of people. So how do you stand your ground? How do you speak and respond effectively, right? These are some of the things we definitely learn at Toastmasters. And speaking of responding effectively, for me, one of the most challenging segments in a Toastmasters meeting is uh, the table topics section. And for our listeners who are not aware of what table topics is, is it's that section where you're asked a question on the spot and you've got to give an answer, right? Impromptu speaking is what we're looking at here. So um, tell me, Kimberly, do you have any memorable uh, experiences with table topics? We try to change it up in my club. We... I think at first just did the traditional, you have a prompt question and you throw it up on the screen. Um, we try to change it up so it's it's pictures or um, we've had some other ideas. I think one idea is, you know, we might try to use music or something. Um, but I think the, the one where we had pictures was actually the most memorable because it's left for you to interpret what's on that picture. And it's always interesting to me to see how someone interprets something and then how you see it. And it also opens up conversation a little bit more on that picture because one person might say something and then we might have another person that's like, oh, I saw it this way. And so they can respond to the same picture. So that was definitely a fun exercise. That we did. Yeah, that definitely sounds very interesting and innovative. I've uh, not seen too many clubs that use pictures in order to drive the table topic section. But like you said, different people have different perspectives and it's fun to watch them speak, hear them uh, uh, you know, speak and uh, also lets your imagination grow, right? You need to yeah. just let your imagination run free. Don't be afraid of other people judging you and speak uh, uh, freely in the moment, correct? Uh, that's what table topics is all about. And um, Kimberly, where do you see yourself going in the next few years with Toastmasters and public speaking? The way I would, how I envision my journey is before I thought there was a certain way I had to speak and um, a very narrow-minded way of speaking. And so for me, my goal is not to speak perfectly and not have zero ums or not, you know, just you do you don't want to say um you don't want to be distracting in your message uh but i really want to speak from a place of authenticity mm -hmm. so i want to speak like me i want to take all the great people that i think speak so well and make it my own you know what i appreciate about this speaker what i appreciate about this speaker i don't want to i don't have to talk exactly like them because i i'm not them and so I want to speak from a place where it's me. You know, I've learned recently, probably the last couple of years, that it's a lot, it's a lot less effort when I'm just speaking like myself and I'm not trying to speak like someone else. And so that was an aha moment for me that I've just been putting into practice now. And so my goal is to, um, I mean, I can name off a couple of people that, that yeah, really respects the way that they talk and it's not you don't have to speak academically you don't have to speak like this way you can be casual and as long as you know you're delivering your message effectively i think that's the most important thing so that's my path that i want for myself is just to to speak like myself and to continue to work on certain you know things when it comes to speaking like book variety i know i have to get better at that and place an emphasis on words so it's just at this point just refining it 
and I'm still in the process of getting more comfortable talking in front of people. I may not eliminate the nerves 100%, uh, but I still have to talk getting through through the nerves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing I wrote down for myself is I'm going to get nervous. A lot of people don't admit that. Or they're just very, very seasoned and, and you don't know their, their background or they just, you know, they're gifted at it maybe. But most people get nervous. It's okay. You can just keep talking. That's what I tell myself. Just keep talking. You've done this before plenty of times. Just keep talking. You'll be fine. <laughs> just power through the nerves. Um, and I, I try to equivalent that to, um, you know, when you're running, you're heart races and you get warm and hot and it's not uncomfortable. You know, I love to exercise and I can, you know, that's not uncomfortable for me. It's just uncomfortable when it happens when I'm speaking, you know, but that's okay. I can get all those, you know, reactions physically, but still be able to get through it. Um, So that's another goal for me too, is just, I might get nervous, but I need to concentrate on the content and just get through it. And it's going to be okay because I've done it plenty of times before. Wow. That's like a pep talk for any speaker. (laughs) I don't know if there's anyone out there who doesn't feel nervous just before a big talk, even if it's only for five people, right? Or even one person. I feel nervous talking in front of my 10-year-old if I have a prepared speech to give. (laughs) And mind you, 10-year-olds can be quite... uh, I wouldn't say judgmental, but if you're the parent, they have a lot of things to say. So yes, definitely. Everyone feels nervous. And I think everyone has butterflies in their stomach. The trick is to get the butterflies to fly in formation. Yeah. So it helps to have a positive self-talk going on. And I think it's beautiful that you're looking at searching and identifying your authentic voice and finding your authentic self. And I think that's the most powerful thing that we can do for ourselves. Now in this, uh, you know, in this journey of finding your own voice, and self, do you also, have you encountered other people through the Toastmasters network who have inspired you in some way? I do, yeah. My team, they inspire me because we do have some, we have some prepared speeches that get pretty personal. And those are the ones where it really hits you. And it's like you're in this whole nother world. <laughs> you're in a world with people that, um, you really that's just a fast track to connecting with people to connecting with the group is when you're vulnerable and so that's what I'm teaching myself too is you got to be vulnerable because people are going to people are going to respond to that more than anything so um specifically you know those people who are brave enough to to talk about things that have bothered them in the past or what they're going through right now. Um, those are the speeches that I, I really love and that, you know, I'm glad that they are, I'm glad we have those speeches because I just feel like that meeting is on a whole nother level. You know, when you can leave a meeting and it's impactful for you, I think that's just amazing. Absolutely. I agree with you. Now, in terms of preparing for your speeches, are there any techniques that you employ that help you make your speeches more effective? Tactically, I have, um, in the virtual world, I have bullets with just a word that just remind me, oh, talk about this and talk about this. So I'll have bullets, bullet points to remind me um, that I have spoken a couple of times <laughs> in person and 
I remembered you don't have that anymore. So I almost thought, should I write it on my hand? And I was like, no, just memorize what you're going to say, not verbatim, but just memorize the topics that you want to cover. And it's more authentic that way, too. If you can just, you know, have a, a key word in your head and, and try to, like, picture it somehow so that you remember, then you're just speaking and you're not reading from a slide. You're not reading from your notes. You're just, it's coming from yourself. And you should definitely know your own material. That's the second thing is be confident in the material that you have at the most basic form. <laughs> you want to know what you're talking about. And so um, anytime before I have a prepared speech, I will just listen to a podcast or do my research and look at different angles of it just so I have like a holistic picture of it. So I, I always make sure to maybe sometimes over <laughs> inform myself. Uh, but that's definitely important, too, is just to make sure I understand my content. And um, I'm also prepared to, if I stumble on a word, just get past it. Don't make a big deal out of it. You know, like when you dance and you're doing choreography and you know that you missed a step, other people aren't going to notice as much as you do. You just have to keep going. So I prepare myself to think this might not be perfect. Relax. If you make a mistake, it's okay. You know, I think people also feel more comfortable if you make a mistake sometimes because it shows that you're human. Absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. And not the other thing is just, um, breathing <laughs> just breathing before just to calm yourself and then right before the call or right before the presentation um i find it helpful to not think of the content but just maybe have a couple conversations with people because you should be more prepared um in advance of your caller presentation uh if you're like looking at the content too much i feel like you get into your head so like right before the presentation don't think about your content you have it down by that point Concentrate on the people that are coming. Um, I know this is a little like technique too, but sometimes I'll, I'll count something just to get into a, the logical part of my brain. So I'm not going to, uh, you know, freak myself out, I guess, <laughs> before the presentation. So those are little things that I felt, I feel are a little helpful. I think that's a very helpful tip, you know, breathing, because that helps you be an effective speaker. Now you have mentioned earlier that you were also into mindfulness. How has that helped you along with breathing, um, you know, to be more effective as a speaker? You know, mindfulness is, my definition is just being in the present. And so even if I'm nervous and I'm getting out of control in my head, I tell myself, bring myself back to center, just be in the moment. What's making you so nervous? Are you nervous because uh, there's somebody in the room that you what you say, it's like, it's going to be a big deal. That's okay. You can recognize that. So it's just being mindful and just being in the present, um, looking at people and looking at their reactions and just being mindful and almost like a little intuitive too, about if you see someone that, um, I mean, some things you can't take personal, you know, if someone's not paying attention, it might not be you. But um, I find that when I'm looking at my audience and uh, even when I see someone nod their head, that that helps me to keep going. So um, the mindfulness helps me to just be in the present. Um, don't think too much about the future. Don't think about anything that's happened in the past. Just be there with your audience because they're taking the time to listen to you. And so you should make sure that you're speaking to them and that you're paying attention to them. And if 
sometimes you have to be flexible with your content. If there's some part of your content that seems like it's not resonating with the audience, you should be able, or you'd want to pivot because you always want it to be relevant to your audience. So you might have to pivot. You might have to go a little different direction. And that's okay, too, because that can help you maybe the next time you have to say that same presentation or just help you with those skills in, in general. Yeah, and I think that's the mark of an expert speaker, to be able to sense the audience interest and pivot accordingly and, you know, uh, take them in a direction that they find more interesting and engaging. Definitely, Kimberly, you're really a seasoned speaker, and I'm sure our listeners are very grateful to hear this from you. Do you have any final tips or message for our audience? Um, just a you know, final tip is I do find Toastmasters very helpful because there's all this world and universe of helpful resources and you have um, pathways where you can actually take note and, and mark off, okay, I did a speech, I did a speech. I mean, that helps because... I think you're just relying on yourself. Well, the next time I, I tell a speech, when is that next time going to be? But if you have a curriculum that's like, oh, I need to tell a speech within this much time so that I can <laughs> get to the next level, that that helps, you know. Um, just being very intentional about your public speaking is important. And so, um, again, this is something that's very hard to measure on how well you can speak. It's just you can feel it. You know, I have to facilitate calls sometimes. And even knowing how to hand off the mic, you know, even knowing technology too, you know, you really need to know your technology. Um, just being able to run these meetings and the Toastmasters meetings, it really does help my confidence. And it also helps me to, to drive a call. And when you're taking a meeting role too, you're just, you're concentrated on that meeting role. And so you take that with you too. If you're counting ahs and ums, you know, you think, oh, I might be doing that too. <laughs> I need to be mindful of that, which has really helped me actually. And when you're listening, when you're the evaluator of the speech, you know, you're listening for the structure of the, the speech. And so those are kind of soft skills that you're going to take with you, you know, across the board in any meeting you have to go to, um, any friendship or relationship that you have, just how do you connect that message with the person is important. And so you know, just being, joining a call every, we have it every month. I think that it really does make a difference because it, it makes me, you know, meet my goal. It's just, it's uh, setting goals and then making sure you have a plan to get there. Absolutely. Thank you, Kimberly. That was a very comprehensive message. Um, for our listeners who are not aware, Pathways is Toastmasters education program. It, didn't, it has over 10 parts. Uh, across different areas of public speaking skills that you might want to acquire. So check it out. And uh, I'm so grateful that we had Kimberly Tanksley with us today. From wanting to speak up, to finding her authentic voice, to, uh, to embracing vulnerability and connecting with our audience, Kimberly has shared a lot of interesting nuggets uh, from her Toastmasters journey. And uh, thank you, Kimberly, once again for being with us here today. Thank you, Anir. Thank you so much. This is a great conversation, and I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for joining us on Transformational Pathways. If you enjoyed today's episode or got anything out of it, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're interested in learning more about Toastmasters District 46, check out the link in the show notes below.